Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to Kevin's Barbecue Joints Podcast. And this one is great. It's with Matt from Just Kewen in Cincinnati, Ohio. This one is super inspiring, really entertaining, and I know that his spot, which will be two spots by the time this airs, will be on your list to visit. I've wanted to talk to him for a long time, and it was just, it was perfect. It's so great. I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy this. I can't thank Matt enough for taking the time, so make sure to stay safe and visit your local barbecue joint. Good afternoon, Matt. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for taking the time. I love what you're doing. I love the meaning behind what you're doing, and I'm just super excited to talk to you and to share your story with everyone. Uh, did you grow up in Ohio? I did. I'm I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. And I went to school down in Alabama. I have two degrees. I have a degree in aerospace engineering and a degree in physics. Oh, I didn't and, know that. And so I got to Cincinnati taking a job with uh, GE Aerospace originally. That's how I got here. Okay, that makes sense. So, <laughs> but, so, then, so that obviously makes sense that you would open a barbecue joint eventually, right? Yeah, it's a natural, natural <laughs> transition, right? <laughs> for for everyone. So, what was your what was then what was your end goal when you were going through this path? What was your end goal? Did you want to do what you were doing prior to the barbecue joint, or were you did you want to open up your own company, or how, what was your plan? No, I was I was uh, I mean, in college, my wife called me then my then she was my girlfriend. She called me a flower child, man. I mean, depending on who. What what group was coming to present at school? That's what I wanted to do. So one one month I wanted to be a teacher for like Teach for America. One month I'm like uh, I'm all in on full time ministry. One month I'm like uh, so I kind of fell back in engineering because you know I had the two degrees and so I never really wanted to be an engineer. But I mean I did it. I liked it. Uh, it was uh, it fit my skill set. But when I started out, I didn't start out wanting to be into the restaurant business or anything. I mean, I, I took a job with GE Energy down in Greenville, South Carolina. And originally I just got into competitions. I just, a hobby, just uh, entered into like, uh, like some of the smaller competitions as like an amateur team and yeah, uh, just started to cut my teeth on the, on the competition circuit. I want to go back to the engineering. There's a lot of math involved, right? There is. Yeah. Um, you like I mean, math? I do like man. Uh, well, I did. I don't know if I like it anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>, restaurant <laughs> restaurant math maybe is different. I was gonna say, especially when the math doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I really love physics, which oh, is physics, a lot yeah. of math. So the benefit of picking up physics as a second major was it made the math that I was taking for aerospace make sense. Was your competition team just queuing and what were you cooking on then? It was, it was just queuing. Originally the name was, you know, I was trying to come up with a competition name and I had it as just cue it, like a spin on like the Nike, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. But uh, back in the day, this was back in 07, you know, you had to call in your entries to the competitions down in, down in South North Carolina, Georgia. And man, those country bumpkins, they just could not get it, man. I would, I would call and it'd be just cue it. And, and every time I show up and it's just queuing and I just said, after a while, it's like after like the third competition, oh. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with it. I'm just gonna let it ride. That is so. That is so hilarious. <laughs> okay, I was cooking on a uh, what's the thing that that Lowe's had? One of those little hundred hundred fifty dollar the thin metal one. Uh... Thin metal, yeah. Uh, not grill made or something like that. Just like a really cheap smoker. I did a really good chicken because, you know, you cook it hot. But I, I had such a time controlling that the temperature, man. Did you start to figure out what the barbecue community was like? Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's when I got hooked on the, the whole barbecue community period. I mean, I was an amateur and, and the professionals, man, they, 
I mean, they were so nice and it was just the whole feel and vibe of competitions and up all night and talking shop and, and yeah. everybody willing to help and the camaraderie. And it was, it, it was really cool. I, I, I really did fall in love with that. There's something really special about that competition circuit and about, because I've heard of a number of people that have come in really green and somebody that like is famous in that world or big in that world has come and put them under their wing or just given them little pieces of advice. It's not, and it's in the, at the end, it's in the hands of the judges and it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an, inter, it's, it's a completely different world than the restaurant world. Yeah, man. If you, I mean, those people are giving you stuff that it would take you, I don't know how long, if you would ever figure it out on your own. True. Just tweaks in here. You know, you should try this. I Last time I, I did this or, you know, little bitty things just, just help tremendously. Did you have success in that? I did. I always placed in chicken because at the time I had, I only had one barbecue sauce and I didn't realize this until later on, but it tastes really good on chicken. It doesn't taste so good on anything else. <laughs> um, so now we use that sauce as like our, uh, our, our mop for our chicken. So it's only, we just call it chicken sauce. So now it's only our sauce. Were you just doing chicken or were you doing chicken, pork, beef? I was doing uh, chicken, pork, and ribs as an amateur. You don't do um, brisket until you turn pro. Oh, is that? Oh, that I didn't know that. Okay, pro, you have to do it, but you have to place in a certain. You just pay the money. <laughs> you got you got to pay to be in the. Yeah, venue. you. It's, uh, you know the stakes are higher. Yeah. Okay. You know the. Uh, the oh, the entry fees. Okay. Yeah, the entry fees are more, but you know the winnings are more if you do it. So it's just. You know, you just uh, a lot of these competitions too are like fill up really fast, and so you have to have had some some type of success on the amateur circuit before they would even let you register as a pro. You couldn't just come out of the blue and say I'm a professional. I did eventually turn pro, but I only competed like two or three times as a professional. By then, I had the restaurant going already. You've so you've been doing this for 16 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So then, so then, yeah. how does this? How does it go from South living in South Carolina? So then, did you you took a job in Ohio, right? Well, I was uh, I originally took a job with GE Aerospace in Cincinnati. I took an assignment with GE Energy in Greenville. Okay. And so when that assignment was over, it was only like a two year assignment. When that assignment was over, I came back to Ohio, back still back engineering, and I was just at that time I started the catering business originally just to offset the cost of competitions because I knew I wanted to keep competing. And a lot of the guys on the competition circuit, the pros, they had catering operations too. And, and so I started that. And that was right around the time, like, if you remember that show, the great food truck race was uh -huh. was, uh, was kind of kicking off. And food trucks were getting this, like, uh, rebranding from, like, Roach Coach to, like, this desirable thing oh, yeah. to be involved in. And so I got a company down in um, outside of Nashville, I think Murfreesboro, Okay. To uh, build me a trailer and a real smoker, a rotisserie smoker, uh, just a custom thing that they were doing. Uh, mounted on the back, like build a little porch on the back of the trailer and mounted. And so we started a food truck. In Cincinnati? In Cincinnati, yeah. Yep. So were you just doing this on the weekends then? I was. So I was, uh, I was, I was working four days a week and I was doing like food truck and catering Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> I was like cooking out of my, cause at that time I was working from home mostly cause uh, I was doing like uh, customer interface stuff. So like I was working like Brazil and China and stuff like uh, that. And so I'd be cooking out of my driveway and like taking calls <laughs> and then, and then be, ready awesome. to go, be ready to go for, uh, for lunch set up on Friday. Were you catering events and things or were you doing 
or like small like company event yeah i didn't do much catering i did some catering but mostly just like uh fairs festivals and um i set up pretty regularly in our downtown downtown cincinnati here so i had a spot there every friday for lunch and that's where we kind of build a reputation i got you know we got some notoriety there i got you know recognized it's like here in cincinnati we have these like best of the city awards so i got like best of the city and so we built up a pretty good following fast forward 2011 i um catered a guy's wedding he owned a lease on this like small 600 square foot building he wanted to put a creamy whip in there but um he was having trouble like doing it or something so it was just sitting empty and he asked me if i'd be interested in subleasing it from him i didn't know anything about the restaurant business had never wanted to be in a restaurant business i even thought I even thought I could still work my job full time and just do it on the weekends. <laughs> and so, uh, so I didn't, I didn't ask permission. I didn't get a building inspector. I didn't get a health inspection. Oh. I didn't get any permits. I just parked the trailer in the back and sold food out the front door. <laughs> oh Lord. So how long did that last? No, nah, it, it, I mean, it, it, it kicked up like gangbusters, man. I mean, the day before we opened, uh, it was in a village, like a small you know, town. And the day before we opened, the mayor and the chief of police stopped by and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, hey, we're getting ready to open up a restaurant. <laughs> and they're like, well, you can't. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so they tell me about all the red tape and stuff. And I was like, well, I got a, we had a, at that time, we had a pretty big following on uh, social media. And I was like, man, I got people coming down here from like Dayton and Cleveland, Columbus. So, I mean, I got to open. And they're like, well, if you open, we're going to arrest you. And I was like, okay. And so I still, still cooking my food. And so they leave. And uh, the next day we open. And I, I, the chief of police came down at, at some point. He came down and, and uh, he's like, man, what are you doing? I was like, look, chief, I understand you got a job to do, but you know, I got a business to run. I got people coming down. I mean, I don't really have a choice. And he's like, well, you know, I came down here to arrest you, but, and shut you down. He's like, but before I came down here, I stopped in the, uh, the city manager's office and I saw he had one of your pulled pork sandwiches on his desk. <laughs> so, oh, that's he's awesome. like, that's so, so he's like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and go and go and shut this guy down. And, and you're down here eating his food and patronizing him. And so, you That's know, hilarious. Chief and I had a really good relationship after that, every day after that. And, you know, from then on, you know, I, I was, I had the restaurant open. I think I started saying I wanted it to be three days a week and still work. And that was December of 2011. And by January, I left my job. Oh, wow. So that's so at that moment, did he did he come with paperwork or did you go to the city and get all the paper, all the proper paperwork then? No, I still never did anything. Uh, originally, I got I mean, I got a health inspection, but that yeah. was it. And my health inspector, man, he was like he was just a really cool guy. I mean, you know, I, I think back on like my journey as a restaurant tour and just being able to come in contact with people who were so willing to be, you know, teaching and helpful and all that stuff early on because I, I just didn't know what I didn't know. I mean, I'm I had a $25 refrigerator, I home refrigerator I got off of Craigslist. He's like, man, you got to have a commercial fridge. I was like, okay, <laughs> when I can afford it, I'll buy it. Yeah, cooking off of like a you know a propane. I'm doing all my sides on like a propane home stove. It's like I mean, it was so unorthodox, <laughs> <laughs> but also too. It's that's that's the beauty. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know, but you just put your head head down and did it. Yeah, that's right. I had no idea. I just knew that. Uh, I always say that. You know, when I 
when I started in the restaurant business, because it wasn't a goal of mine, I just, I said, I, I mean, I since I don't know, didn't know anything about it. I just put my head down, make the best food I can and, and let the rest of it take care of itself. That is so crazy. And it's true because at that time too, the the internet wasn't where it is today with all the information and all the, the videos. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff right now on opening a restaurant that there wasn't back then. And I don't know that I even knew to look, man, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I was so naive. I was just like, you know, I make good food. People will buy good food. Yeah. <laughs> and you're being, and you're being safe about it. So you yeah. were that yeah. 600 square foot place. That's not where you are right now. Right? No. Uh, so we, I mean, we ran that, we operated that for a while up until we closed it in 2019. So for a while we operated two stores. Oh, okay. But in 2014, we started to, you know, look at what expansion would look like um, because that, that building was kind of running itself. Uh, around that time, we were also kind of understanding and, and walking down this path of like what it meant to to care for our team more. Okay. And so where we were, it wasn't on a bus route. And so many of the people who face, you know, barriers to employment and just hiring people who need a second chance, one of the biggest barriers they have is transportation. That's true. And so being being in a place that was so off the beaten path and not on a bus route really hindered the the, the type of people that we could hire. I mean, it kind of dictated the type of people we could hire and really hindered us from being able to make the difference that we wanted. So we started to look around at like expansion and, you know, what would it look like to open a second space? And that's also the time when, so that was like a really, I guess, influential time. That's also the time I took my first trip to Texas. Oh, so we were, we were looking at expanding, you know, we were doing tremendous amount of business out of that small building. And I was making all the sauce in the rub. And so I was trying to find a co-packer. We didn't have many options for like small batch co-packers here. And so I found one in Houston. I flew down to Houston to meet with them and just kind of talk recipes and shop and all that stuff. And I had booked like, I don't know, a week or five days for the trip. And we finished up in like a day. And so I just ate my way through Texas. I started in Houston and I'll just I just rolled down the road and just like eating barbecue and I wound up at Franklin's and that was my first, like, you know, the veil of ignorance has been lifted. It was like, the it, was 20, it was, it was 2015. This was when Franklin was in his heyday, yeah. just at the peak uh, where his, where his, his line had his own Instagram account. It was, it was bananas, man. And I was, I can't, I fell in love. I mean, I came back and I was just like, everything has to change. Like nothing, nothing will ever be the same. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Is that yeah. amazing? And it makes, it makes all the sense. And that's because you were probably, were you even selling brisket at the time? We were selling brisket. I'm ashamed to say how we were selling brisket. It was so nasty. How we were cooking it. I mean, I was cooking it upside down. I was cooking it like fat cap down. <laughs> I was, I was cooking it a day in advance. We were wrapping it in foil. We were slicing it cold and reheating it, man. It was so bad. Uh, I was, it was, I, oh, it was bad. You didn't know any better. You didn't know you're better. I didn't know any better. It was so bad. Yeah, and it's and to be honest, that's how it was here in California, Los Angeles. That's how it was up until people started to take trips to Texas and Franklin came about, and it was yeah, it was a whole yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it took an eye-opening situation like yours to so you came yeah. back and thought we need to retool this. Yeah, that was that was right. Uh, so 2015, if you remember, that was like mad. Two things happened. That was uh, mad cow disease was a thing. Oh yeah. And um, and Arby's was getting into brisket. So Arby's had just started brisket nationally, and so supply was way up. I mean, demand was way up and supply was way down. So the price of brisket jumped up. 
I mean, brisket used to be before before that it was like two something a pound. Yeah. Um, and then it jumped up after that jumped up to like four dollars a pound, which now sounds like amazing. Yeah, exactly. But it jumped up to like four dollars a pound. And so here in Cincinnati, locally, everybody that was doing barbecue got out of brisket. And there were only a few guys that were like um, doing brisket, a brisket day, like brisket Fridays or something like that. And so we went the other direction, man. I just I, I came back to our supplier. I was like, I need the best brisket you can get. We jacked the price up at the time. I mean, we were charging before I left and went to Texas. We were charging like, I think, 10 or 12 dollars a pound. And so I jacked the price up to like 20 dollars a pound which was unheard of in this area at the time, got best brisket. I mean, and just got the best brisket I could and just started to hone that craft. And we just hung our hat on, on brisket and just, uh, you know, really staked our reputation on. Did you go in the back of Franklin to see how he was cooking or did you go? Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I talk shop with everybody everywhere I go, man. I just, I just like walk in the pit room. I was, uh, I, I was like, uh, I think Benji was back there cooking or something. I yeah, was yeah, like, probably. hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> what is this? How do you do this? How how did this magic happen? <laughs> so you just walk in and then if they kick you out, they kick you out. But at least you're. Yeah. And I yeah. bought his book, too. I bought it. I bought his book. And so, it, you know, just kind of started from there and started workshopping and, you know, learning trial and error. And, and since then, I've been I've been back and forth a few times. Yeah, uh, I took some classes from some guys and just like, you know keep getting better at the constant pursuit because you have a bunch of pits did you get another pit at that time too i did not i've always cooked on an oiler okay. uh, i had always cooked on an oiler uh after my custom pit the next pit that we bought was an oiler and i had at the time i had two oilers and so i didn't change pits immediately um i actually just got my first offset uh a year and a half ago now so it was a thousand gallon custom and now i have one thousand gallon custom build, and I have three five hundred primitive. Who made the thousand? It's just a custom build. A guy out of Indianapolis that just oh cool went down and and got Franklin's plans and and just built the pit from up here. It's most gotcha. good, and it's impressive. And I'll put a link to the tour that you gave below because it is it's fun to see, and it's also interesting. So when you found when you found this place, did you know this is the right place? Because it's got like a downstairs. It's got there's a whole. It's a Oh, really my cool. place here. So, yeah. so yeah, I um, well, it, didn't line, right? any, it, it didn't look anything like this, but yeah, I'm sure I, I grew up in a neighborhood very similar to the one we're in now. And so this neighborhood was at the early stages of even planning for being, um, you know, redeveloped and stuff. And and so I fell in love with like the architecture and stuff. I didn't know I didn't have any plans for the basement or anything. Um, we just kind of gradually grew into that stuff as we as we started to expand and doing more business and understand the needs, we just, you know, started to build and, and figure out different things. But yeah, the place is really cool. I The only thing I knew coming in was I knew they had a lot of, you know, expectations and a pretty lofty vision on like what the future of this area would look like. Oh. And we, we were kind of like on the ground floor, maybe even a basement floor, like before, I mean, cause that was like 2015 and it's just now, it's just now starting yeah. to realize some of that stuff. Yeah, it's eight, eight years ago. Well, and so did it have that outdoor that that pit area? Did you that was all part of the plan? No, I I just like shoehorn myself in there. I mean, originally the smoker was supposed to be right next to the uh the restaurant, but they were like really concerned about smoke and residents and all that stuff, and so they moved it like really far in the parking lot. I mean, we when we first uh, rented this place, 
when we first leased this place, I actually bought like a, a golf cart to take our food from the restaurant to the smoker. <laughs> but then eventually they like they like developed another building and so they moved it they moved it uh closer to us oh uh, we still we still roll stuff out there on a cart but yeah and i just keep expanding the area you'll see in the, the pit tour i have one of our smokers that's just parked outside the designated yeah. area that they gave me i just i just keep adding on <laughs> that's so crazy well that's you know what <laughs> It sounds it sounds like if you want to do anything, you make it happen. It's just that's has that always been the way for you? Yeah, I mean, I, it's not intentional. It's just you know, I just don't have much patience. <laughs> um, so, so sometimes, I mean, you know, trying to get people to agree to stuff and understand the vision and all that stuff is it's such a headache. It's it's way better to just like do it and then like apologize or like, hey, look, see, this is working. <laughs> yeah and you have a good heart you're just trying to to make things work and then they'll yeah. so, so so this place obviously you've you had to go through all the red tape for this place right i did yeah and i, I actually um so we're rolling here i just signed uh last year i signed uh an additional lease so we we, we finished our first six years oh. here and i just signed another 10-year lease here so we're we're in a good place here uh and i actually just signed a lease on our second location again a second location Oh really? Yesterday. So I just got the keys to like another location yesterday. Is that a, a secret, or do you, can you mention where it is? Well, or? by the time by the time you post this, it won't be. Okay, so just follow along so your social media, and people can find. Yeah, out press re- press release will, press release will happen like Monday or Tuesday. The neighborhood that we 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 signed in, they're like super excited. They've had a press release drafted for like two months. Okay, like, well, because well, this is going to come out probably at the end of next week, so. Oh yeah, so every so so yeah, this will be right on time. Everybody will know about it. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So that's that's exciting. So the other location you closed to focus on this one, and now you have a second location coming up. Yeah, when I when I had two locations, I wasn't you know I wasn't good enough as an owner yet. You know, we didn't have established established systems and processes. Our culture wasn't that strong. It was a lot of like it was a lot of failings on my part. I didn't understand like my finances and just financial acumen. Period. It was it was a, a real weakness. So I had a lot of growing to do just as a as an individual, as a business owner, as a leader. Uh, so we closed that location, sort of like with the idea of pruning, you know, cutting off cutting off good to make way for great. You know, it was it was uh, it was good. I mean, it was profitable, but it was really you know we it was it was just taken away from resources where we could you know really hone the skills wow. and, and everything for this one place. Can you talk about your restaurant and your and the faith, your faith and how it's interwoven and also your team and how important your team is? I mentioned earlier, we started down this path of what it would look like to care more for our team um, back in like 2013 when, you know, I started to realize that people that were coming into our restaurant as employees, they were having issues and stuff that they couldn't just check at the door you know, and just like set that stuff aside and be professional. And so we just started to ask ourselves the question, what is it, what would it look like to like care more? Mm-hmm. And that started us down this whole path of like, you know, social enterprise. I actually, in 2018, I went through a um, a nonprofit accelerator based out of California oh. called Reddit. So I went through their nonprofit accelerator to just even get more skilled at this. We do consider ourselves a, a social enterprise. And that just means that you know, we hire, develop, and train people with barriers to employment. I mean, short time, short tongue, it just means that, you know, we just we just care about people that we work with. I mean, I view, you know, my purpose in life is to care for the team that God sends me in our organization. 
in the restaurant business, man, it is course it's a service business. Mm -hmm. I mean, service by definition is is putting your stuff on the back burner for the good of other people. And so the only way that like our people are going to be able to properly serve if is if I'm uh, properly serving them as the leader. And so, you know, we get that we get the ability and the opportunity to like impact a lot of people's lives, uh, our guests that come into the restaurant every day. But the only way we do that is if uh, me, the leader of this organization, are serving and impacting the lives of the people that work for us. That's special. Um, the Christian aspect, I mean, our business was founded on Christian biblical principles. And it's just interwoven in everything that we do. It's nothing that's like, you know, explicit or anything. We, I mean, our values, our, uh, our mission, our vision, it's all in there. You know, how we treat each other, how we approach, you know, our, our preparation of food and everything. Uh, and then we do have resources for our team. We have a, a weekly team Bible study here. Okay. Um, we got prayer requests uh, box in the restaurant on the website. Uh, so we do we do other things like that as well. But it's just it's just who we are. Yeah, it, that's it. And it's it's very transparent. And it, but it's 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 and it's not heavy handed. It's just interwoven into what you're doing. And what else, you don't you have those hearts and things? What are those? Those are you put up or. You yeah, those are uh, those are our loyalty cards. So, I mean, we tried all the different stuff with the, you know, newfangled electronic loyalty, this and that, yeah. and programs. And man, what we what we found out is that people just like the old school, touchy feely punch cards. And so we got these punch cards with this really cool texture from a local printing operation here, and we just punch hearts, in, and we have a heart shaped punch. And we just punch hearts in them. And so every time somebody brings one of their loyalty cards in or redeems it, it's a big deal here. We put their name on the wall. And it just, oh, that's so I mean, nice. it's a testament to just like, you know, our, our, our guests and the support that we have. And our wall's almost filled up. I got to figure out what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's a good, that's a good sign. Like that's, you want yeah. your wall to be filled up. Yeah. Well, well, can you explain like what you guys serve and then, how your restaurant's set up and the, the, the downstairs is for prep. Yeah. So uh, we serve, you know, we got a typical Texas menu. We serve brisket. We make our own pastrami. We serve ribs. We serve chicken, half chickens. Here in Cincinnati, uh, rib tips are a staple. So we serve rib tips, which is just that uh, back brisket bone of the ribs, uh, the spare rib. Yeah. In Texas, they smoke the whole spare rib. But here we cut it off St. Louis and, and smoke the rib tips separately. And we've just added true to trend. We've just added sausages. So we have a we have a jalapeno manchego sausage that we do only on Saturdays now. Oh, that sounds um, good. And we also we're also doing a burger, a brisket burger. Both of those that we're just making, trying to recoup the, our brisket trimmings. And so we do our we do our burgers on Friday nights. That makes sense, and it's yeah, and it, it makes sense to be able to utilize that, and also it's really good. It's something that's yeah, really good. yeah, right, right. That, yeah. I mean, that's the cool thing. It's really good. Yeah, and also too, like the, the using manchego. That sounds like uh, I know the only other person I know that was doing it was Brian Hull from uh, Secret Pint Barbecue. He was doing using manchego. Well, that's that's where I got it. I, I watched your uh, I watched your interview with him, and I was like, hold on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because yeah. I don't like I don't like the high heat cheddar. I don't like it that much. And so I, I knew I wanted to have a jalapeno and cheese sausage, but I didn't want it. I didn't want the high heat cheddar. And I don't like the I don't want the cheese running out of it. When I heard you talking, <laughs> uh, when I heard your interview, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Let me try a drier cheese mm -hmm. that has just a higher melting point so that it'll stay together. And we I mean, I love I love like Mexican food, period. I just do. I mean, yeah. that's next. That's that's the next thing is like some type of Tex-Mex breakfast. But that's cool. Uh, so Manchego made sense. 
that does make sense. Oh, that's great. I'm like, I'm glad that I can, I can facilitate that. That makes me, you know, right. it makes that's my right. heart it's, feel it's, really, it's, really uh, good because, you know, this, I, is, this is the Kevin secret pint sausage. <laughs> that's going to be the name of it. <laughs> that, was, that would make at least just if you just even send me a picture of it, I'll, <laughs> that is, yeah, please send me, please actually just send me photos. I would love to see some photos of it just because, and, and yeah. when I come visit, I will definitely have to make sure that I'm on a Saturday as well. I'll come a couple of days, but I'll, I, and I like to, you're going to have two locations. That's going to be so great. So yeah, then, at some point we'll expand it. I mean, we're just, you know, I, I'm just, and I'm the only one doing the sausage right now. So we're just figuring it out. So one day cool. it makes sense because we, when I finish this video, I'll, I'll make sausages. It's a Wednesday today. So I'll make sausages today. Then we'll cold smoke them tomorrow. And then, uh, I mean, we're cold smoking on Friday and then they'll be ready to go. We'll, we'll re-smoke them on Saturday. That's so great. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and that's it's also too. I've I've been curious, and you've heard probably heard. I've been asking people for their how many days it takes and what their their process is because I think that's it's intriguing and it's a whole. Yeah, it's it's, it's long. I'm gonna try and cut one of those days out here eventually. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Right now, I'm just sticking to it because it's it's, it's coming out so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's oh, that's so neat. That's really cool. So, and then, so what sides and what desserts do you care? So we own we have uh, mac and cheese. We do a mix of collard greens and turnip greens, fifty fifty mix. Oh, that sounds good. Um, we're doing uh, potato salad, southern mustard potato salad. We do a vinegar based coleslaw, and I miss a oh, baked beans. Baked beans. Uh, and for dessert, we just do a peach cobbler that we make in house. Just not just. Yeah. You just, yeah. just, 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 I mean, it. I want to do, I want to do a banana pudding, but I just, I, it's so hard to keep the shelf life is terrible. Yeah. You know, the, the whole, do I use fresh bananas or like the yellow nasty pudding stuff? It's, I mean, Goldie's does a really, really good banana pudding. I should just reach out for their recipe and just put the Goldie's banana pudding on me. If you write Lane, I guarantee you, he would write you back. Would, I know. I know. Yeah. That's what I've I, been, I'm just I've been, I've been to their uh, barbecue class. I, I went to their very first brisket class. Was with Dylan? Uh, huh? Was Dylan part of it, or was it? Uh, oh, the first, the one for with uh, that they had at Goldie's itself. Yeah, at Goldie's. Yeah, yeah, the very first class. It was like last June or something. Yeah, like I remember that. seeing pictures from it. Yeah. Yeah, and it was uh, it was freaking amazing, and they gave us everything. Those guys are really cool. I still talk to Jerry. Uh, periodically. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, so you did go to that Goldie's class. That's you're smart. That's because that's that's where you really learn the tr tricks of the trade and see what people are doing on the inside. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm I got these quotes behind me, and one of them is from uh, Emerson. It says, "You know, every man is my superior in some way, and that I learn of him." Ah. And I mean, I'm always trying to to get better. I, I never want to feel like I've arrived. You know, we, we we have a culture here of like continuous improvement. So we're always trying to tweak and, and figure it out in, in a better way to a better process, you know, different method here, a, a little bit of something there. And those conversations are ongoing. I mean, I get I get inspired, too, by just going and visiting. I got a list of, of places I want to go just just based off like, you know, your pages and other pages I follow. Big fan of um, Smokehouse down in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. what they're doing i've never been down that far um but i really want to check him out in his wife's bakery i mean oh no 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 2m smokehouse 2m 2m yeah and that's that's something that's like i really want to get down there and panther city's on my list and um yeah, yeah. on the list as well 
Cadillac. Yeah. Yeah. Those three right there are some of the best in the world. They are just, those guys are just really honing their skills. Yeah. That would, yeah, I know. And they're going to be with the cat with 2M with their Castroville place opening. That'll be so fun to like, to see her having her own bakery and then have them having a full smokehouse and a full, like they, they're out, they have a whole big sausage program they're dealing with. Yeah. It's, and that's, and I think that, and that's why I love talking to people too, is I feel like from my chat with you, I learn a little bit. There's these like these nuggets and they resonate in my head. And I think about what you're like, I, I think about them days later and then I get a chance to edit it. And then I listen to you again and I get a chance to glean even more nuggets. And it's just, that's, and I hope that people, the fact that you've gotten something, a little something out of it, it's like, it's, that makes me feel happy that I hope that, you know, it's, it's nice when people write me and say, they, they I listen. think, I think most barbecue guys like really appreciate the work that you're doing. I mean, I know up here, I mean, I, I got, we got a small community of like, you know, enthusiasts and, and guys that are, are all in on Texas barbecue. And we, you know, text back and forth. Hey, did you see that new video? Hey, did you see what's, That's nice. what's happening here? Did you see, I mean, we, we care about, this stuff because you know i'm not i'm not uh i don't watch tv i don't have time for that uh yeah but, do I, I barely but i'm yeah. like but i'm you know I, i'll i'll put down an hour on a youtube interview with you know some guy opening a, a barbecue restaurant in south carolina and see if i can get some nuggets out of it i'll do that yeah because <laughs> it's because it's research right for work that's right it's right <laughs> <laughs> that's so good so so let's let's go over what hours i want people to know because it's tuesday through saturday is that right now yeah we're, we're uh we're tuesday through saturday we're open dinner i mean lunch and dinner so but we take a break in between so we open 11 to 3 and then we open from 5 to 9 okay and then what days of the week are like, other days where people are lining out the door or is it more like a pretty steady flow or how does it work yeah, it's a steady flow here. We don't have the line out the door culture in uh, Cincinnati. So it's more of a steady flow. And we do a mix of, you know, online ordering. So we have the same setup like a Texas style where you walk up to the meat station. But and we just recently changed that. I mean, that was a big that was a big culture shock up here. We like, you know, people walk in and this just happened like a month ago. People oh, walk really? in and we got like you walk up to the meat counter and, you know, you're telling the person what they want and we're weighing it and they're looking at us like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? Like, what what are you doing this for? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, it's, there's a, there's a learning curve, isn't there, right? Like there in is. Los Angeles, there after there I left is. Texas and came back, it was, to explain that is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, even now I say like, you know, I went to Snow's or something and I was in line for like three hours and they're just like, what, why? Like, why would... Why would you do that? <laughs> Why? Why? Uh-huh. Well, it's so it's, it's it really is funny, and and also too, I think that once people get it, when they come back, they feel kind of special that they know how to order. It's a weird. At least I saw that on. It is, yeah. Like they just come back and they bring friends and they got their chest puffed out. Yeah. And like just follow me. I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Just, come just follow my lead here. Yeah, that's a neat thing, and you're you're also you're you're giving someone a new experience in life. And I think that that's what life's all about is experiencing as many things as you can before, you know. Well, more than anything, man, that's what the restaurant business is about now. It's not just about yeah. food. It's not just about service. It's about the overall experience. That's you true. Know, the people that are successful are, are doing the best job of creating that experience, the holistic experience and not and understanding it. Like I can, I can't just make the best food and be good, or I can't just have really good service and be good. It's 
you know, it's the sights, it's the sounds, it's, it's how are we as restaurant owners connecting the experience that somebody has with like a really, really positive emotion. And we got to be, I mean, we got to be really intentional about that. Otherwise, otherwise we won't make it. But I, but since you had mentioned that you watch videos and you watch my videos or other people's videos and you glean information, what's something that you, that you've learned because, because someone's going to be someone that's five years behind you might be watching this right now. What have you learned about what's a nugget about the, the restaurant business that you wish you knew prior to going into this or what's something that you've learned while doing this? A couple of things. I think the biggest thing I learned, I think about the restaurant business is it's not really the food business. It's a people business. If you can wrap your head around that as a, as a person desiring to go into the restaurant business, you're really in a business of people, the people that work for you, um, the people that are coming into your organization and food is just a widget. I mean, it's just a tool to make that connection between people. And so if you're not a good, uh, if you don't, if you don't consider yourself a people person, uh, this isn't, no. this isn't the business for you. <laughs> this is just not the place you want to be. The other thing is that, you know, how important it is to just understand uh, cost and margins. And, um, you know, one of our values is, is we're good stewards of our resources. Just how important it is to just know your numbers, you know, know what you're spending, know what you're charging, you know, know your labor, know your, uh, you know, your overhead and all that type of stuff so that you can, so that you can stay in business, be in business and make some money. I mean, we're, we're in business to make money. We're not in business to struggle and be yeah. stressed out about making payroll and all that type of stuff. And so those, those are the two things I think um, that was the biggest learning curve for me and hopefully as short as it for somebody else. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully it does. And if someone's watching this and they want to work for you, do is there something online that they would do, or is there something? Is it something that could come in, or what's the? Yeah, our applications on our website, so people can fill out applications on the website, or they can just stop in. We're always interviewing. We we typically have a waiting list. Our turnover is really low. I know that I know the industry is is you know usually pretty high or historically high, but uh, I mean our turnover is probably probably close to 30%. We don't lose many people. That's amazing. Um, you know, we got a pretty loyal crew. And so, you know, we, 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 we're really good in that rate. What about for the new location? Is, are you hiring for that or you have your. Yeah. New location. I mean, we hire kind of hire for like the core positions. So like pit masters is important for that, that, yeah. that shop and some other just like key positions, but we'll, we'll post on our social media, like a hiring event that we'll have. Okay. We want to hire uh hire local to the neighborhood as well as like, you know, individuals that, that need a second chance. I love, and I love that so much because it isn't easy. There's a bar, there is a barrier and it's, there's only a finite amount of jobs that someone can get in certain walks of life. And that's not fair. And that's not, it's yeah, everyone Cincinnati, Cincinnati's um it's a cool little place in that like our food scene is is bustling. I mean, you wouldn't think it, but it's pretty insane here. And so the 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 competition for like talent in the food industry is is pretty fierce. So what I realized a while back, you know, especially with an engineering background, is that like, you know, people say that uh business is people process product. Yeah. So typically in the food business, you get the you get the best people. And they determine the product. So I, I put a lot of energy, time and energy into developing systems and processes to take the people out of it. 
And so that anybody can come in and come into our systems and processes and put out a consistent product. And that way, if, if anybody can come in, that means we can hire anybody and we don't have to like, we don't have to like isolate. We can only hire people with these type of skills or this amount of training or any any of that stuff. That's so smart. It really it really lowers the the bar on on who can come into our organization and have some success. Wow, that's so great. Well, you mentioned the food scene. Can you talk a little bit about Cincinnati in general? I don't know a whole lot about. I just and also too, do you like the Cincinnati chili? Do you like? I know I don't. I hate it. <laughs> too sweet, huh? Yeah. I hate it. I, I don't even know. I'm not going to get on that. I, yeah, I, it's like, maybe we should even come to this. It's, it's funny because I order. It's, I order. No, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's um, but the food scene is so cool. So Cincinnati, man, I mean, its history is it's called Porkopolis. Uh, Cincinnati was the first city to commercially produce pork. Huh. And so it's like a it's like a, a, a rich history of like meat and meat packers and stuff. But the restaurant scene has exploded, man. We got like uh, all these like cool restaurants and um, really, really high quality chefs that are like, you know, James Beard finalists and winners and, wow. you know, year after year. And it's like, it's this Midwest city that's isolated, but it, it has, I don't know how many Fortune 500 companies here. And it's just like a, we, I call it a small, big city wow. um, because it's like, it's a lot going on and it's, um it's really neighborhood based. So the downtown of Cincinnati is not that great. But the individual neighborhoods, all the neighborhoods have like their own character and feel. And and so you got all these people that are just putting super, super cool and really good food in neighborhoods in these walkable districts. And this is this is this this neighborhood I'm in is called Walnut Hills. It's the same thing. Okay. And yeah, so the food scene is just like it's neat, man. I mean, we've I love that. travel all over the place and Cincinnati food scene stands up to anybody. That's and that makes it a good reason, a good destination to go in general for people. And is it is it what's the is the cost of living lower than a lot of major cities? Yeah, most major cities. Yeah, yeah cost of living in Cincinnati is way way lower than than most places. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say Los Angeles because that's a silly. No, that's, that's like that's <laughs> like the other spectrum. <laughs> yeah, it's like saying is it Hong Kong or yeah, like right? That doesn't that's not really good reference, but uh, but. uh also, too, is it weather-wise? You guys have some tough winters, right? Uh, not really. It's seasonal. I mean, we oh, get okay. um, we we probably get a month, uh, half a month. Maybe January is like really, really cold. But I mean, it'll be it'll be fifties, manageable up oh, through November, December. I mean, we don't. You know, my winters aren't that bad. I mean, okay. we're we're southeast Ohio, so like right on the border of we call it. This is the tri-state, so right on the border of Indiana, Kentucky, and Ohio. Okay. Uh, so no, it's not too bad. Wow. Are there any other barbecue joints in other in Cincinnati that you Yeah, look, Texas barbecue scene is uh is catching a foothold here. We got a friend of mine, um, Pickles and Bones. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, and he just got his he just got his uh now he hadn't gotten it yet, but he just got his first primitive, a thousand gallon primitive this mm-hmm. this coming here. Um, but he puts out good food. He's on like the Yelp top one hundred list or something mm-hmm. like that. So he's pretty good. We got a another guy, Lucius Q. He's pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. He's not cooking on an offset. He's cooking on a rotisserie, I think. But okay. yeah, we got some guys that are starting to like, you know, get their footing. And and Texas barbecue is uh, I mean, it's spreading all over. You it see is, it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of all over. But uh, yeah, it is. A few yeah. guys. That's cool. You you and your wife work at the restaurant, right? Is it a family affair? Do you have children or do? You... 
Oh, I have children. My children work in a restaurant. My oldest just went to college, though. Okay. So I lost. I lost a very good employee. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but my wife does not work in a restaurant. Oh, she we, doesn't. No, we would not get along, man. I don't know if the marriage would last. <laughs> it takes a special. It's yeah. a special situation. It would, to it, would, it would not. It would not okay. last. No. All right. Well, is there anything we missed about your restaurant that you want people to know? No, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. And merch-wise, they could buy merch at the restaurant. Yeah, merch at the restaurant. Man, my merch game is so weak. I mean, it is. I it like what you're to, wearing. Yeah, it has to give. I made this on like a cricket. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, make, I make all my own. Like, I just buy like black clothes and I just put like vinyl stickers on everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's smart. Hey, that works. Yeah. Uh. Uh, well, it's that'll get it'll get there. But you sent me some stuff. I've ordered some stuff from you, and you sent it. You've but it's it's not you know most of your stuff people would purchase at the restaurant, and eventually it'll get to a different once. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah we're getting we're getting there. We're yeah, getting yeah. there. Do you want to talk about Biden showing up? Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, what was like? What was yeah. that? Like, why did why was Biden there? I think that's so interesting. I mean, I I don't know actually. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how he got here, and I didn't know he was coming. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was in town. We have a, a major uh, bridge here that connects uh, Ohio and really the South uh, on 75. And it's like, um, so he was here to like announce, you know, this government funding for, for that bridge. Okay. Uh, it was on a Wednesday. We, we had closed, I think, three weeks at the end of the year. And so it was our first day back open. Um, of course. And we had just finished a lunch rush with like a bunch of construction workers, and and so we the the floor was super dirty, and you know because they got all their like you know dusty boots and all. it's January and snow and stuff like that. And so um, I'm down here in my office and I'm trying to do some work and and um, my uh, our coach our 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 location coach Tamika comes down and she's like, hey. Uh, Secret Service is upstairs, and I was like, I'm trying to work. Like, please, I don't have time for these jokes. And so Secret Service just came in a restaurant with dogs, and we're like, uh, you can't bring dogs in here. And they're like, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so it, it was a whirlwind, man. Like, in uh, 20 minutes later, I mean, we got uh secret service we got sheriff's department we got swat we got a local pd i mean we got everybody man and and um you know they're like this is gonna happen this is gonna happen you're gonna do this 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 was it was a it was just like a blur and then like i said it's like 20 minutes we got like a 20 minute notice like 20 minutes he comes in and they said you know you're gonna stand here the president's gonna do this and and they said you know it's like a five minute you know ordeal he wound up hanging around like 45 minutes. Um, and we talked, I talked to him for a long time. I and mean, we had like a really good conversation. I talked oh. to him about like, um, you know, my values and, 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 you know, my, my outlook on like business and serving people and that type of stuff. And he talked to me about his upbringing. Um, no, it was really cool. It was a, it was an experience I won't forget. That's amazing. I'm glad we talked about it. I, I remember I've had put, I had a note that I wanted to talk about Biden. That's, it's amazing how they can descend they, they descend on something they could it's some it's amazing that they, they come in and they just lock everything down that's yeah funny. i mean after the fact i mean i didn't realize not any of this stuff was going on but after the fact so what happened was we're like you know it's like business as usual and then all of a sudden it's like a ghost town it's like no cars are going down the street no people are walking You're like what where is everybody like what 
happened. Well, they had it blocked off like a five block radius. And I didn't realize how much of a thing the president was like. I mean, I knew it was a thing, but he has like it's a city. I mean, he has his own he has his own ambulance. He has his own fire truck. He has his own bomb squad. I mean, he travels with his own media like our local media didn't even know about it. Like they had no idea all the all the footage and all that stuff that came from national media kind of sending it out. But they just roll with them. And if you're inside this bubble, then, you know, you got access. But they five miles like no one could get in or out for like five miles. It's crazy. It is crazy. No, I live uh, about three blocks away or two blocks away from uh, Hilton. And they Obama stayed there. This was a number of years ago. And I was coming to help my mom because she was at this place. And uh, so I had. I had come down, I had come down the street and they had it blocked off. Like you said, like three or four blocks out, they had secret service. They had SWAT. They, they rented out in the apartment complex, the upper floor, the secret service rented out an apartment that they ran a mo- like a station up there. Then they had SWAT guys on top of every single building. And like you said, they had an ambulance fire truck. They had, uh, and they have doctors, they have all of everything. And he, he, they rented out an entire, I think the top floor for him. And then right. he played basketball with some right. people that right. like, it was because they had a basketball court there. It was just so cool. Like it was, right. it was, it's yeah. Once, unless you're in, in it, you never would imagine how. Yeah. It's a, it's a whirlwind. It's a thing. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And they didn't even let you know you had 20 minutes. Like that's, that's so funny. You must have, when she said secret service is here, you're like, what? yeah, I was like, what? I mean, yeah, the, cool, the coolest thing about it, I always say the coolest thing about it is that uh, we didn't change anything. Like that's cool, yeah. we didn't have to like break out the good China. We didn't have to like, you know, um, you know, put on a good batch of peach cobbler. Like none of it. We didn't, the same food that the president got, is the same food that everybody gets. Like we weren't, we weren't rattled. We weren't like, you know, we need to do anything special. We're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's and, cool. kind of, and that's kind of better if they told you a week in advance, it would be in your head and it would be something that would be, you know, it's just kind of nice that that's how it works. That's yeah. really, yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I was very curious because you have some photos and I'll put a photo. I'll try to put a photo from that in this so that people could yeah. see what it's like, but uh, have a great week. 